Hello, and welcome to Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo. With me, forever and always, the man, the myth, quite possibly the worst detective in the world, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. I'm not that bad. <laughs> On this week's show, we're going to talk a little bit more about the MCU and the DCEU, spoiler alert, before we dive into Murder on the Orient Express. But first, Al, what are we drinking? I'm going to tell you, and then it's going to sound like I'm walking away, and that's because I'm walking away because I've got to grab the box again. Classic. Uh, I have a little story it's... to tell while you grab the box this time. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Southern Tier Warlock Imperial Stout. It's an ale brewed with pumpkin and pumpkin pie spice. Yes, it is. So, uh, th- you might have heard uh, some, some good sound effects that time around. Uh, it sounded pretty good to me in my, in my headphones here. The problem is, the last few weeks, I feel like the sound effects have not been on par. And uh, it's, just, it's just been a struggle, trying to coordinate with Al and getting the, getting the bottle opening just right. So this time, I was like all nervous and shaking. I was like, I'm going to do it just right. And I clicked it, and I, I was making clinking sounds. It was doing all great. But then I opened it, and the bottle cap went flying. There's beer once again everywhere <laughs> yeah i mean we both had our problems with that but you have been way worse at just getting beer everywhere yeah i mean but every time i get the beer all over the place though it sounds great uh debatable trade-offs Trade-off. last week was a struggle because we tried the whole silent not even silent countdown i was just supposed to go on your movement yeah that was a trademark. Yeah, that was. I think we're just going to start. We're just going to hit. I'm going to hit record next week, and we're just going to go. <laughs> I'm just going to be, Al, open your beer. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, this beer's dark. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's an Imperial Stout, so it should be just about Jet Black. It's aggressively dark. Yeah. No, no light coming through there. No, nor will there ever be. This is the, this is the absence. Oh, my God. So, uh, do you want to talk about the beer first, or you want to take a sip and? Uh, I'm just I'm I don't I mean like I this shouldn't impress me that much. Us. You're just staring at the beer. It's so and dark. <laughs> I'm holding it up to the light and I can't see anything. All right, uh, let's take a sip, shall we? Cheers. Cheers. Ah, well, Al, you've done it again. <laughs> I'm on a roll. We are three for three. I am. I am liking that. This I like this better than the last one. Uh, the last one was the letters. Uh, <laughs> the one with the letters. Uh, that one was good, but this one's definitely better. Oh yeah, this is super smooth. This is like and I really like this one, but I still think that in recent of recent vintage, the um, the honey nut honey brown porter that one was so good. Uh. Yeah, that was that was really good. That's that's right up there with this one for me. I don't know which one I actually prefer here. I I might I might like this one a little bit more. Here's what I don't like. You're uh, I broke the bank again on this. <laughs> it was <laughs> this one cost me. The last one was what, what I say it was like, it was like eighteen dollars for a six pack. The last one that I got that you picked. yeah that's under it. And then this one was sixteen dollars for a four pack. What's happening? <laughs> What's happening is you need to find a better store because yeah. again I don't think this was that much. Yeah. I think it was like thirteen or fourteen. I'm I'm actually okay with it for this one night. I, I really like this one. I'm having a moment with this beer. This is it's like it's silky smooth. Oh my god, that that aroma. Ooh. <laughs> what is that? It's like, you can definitely tell that there is both pumpkin and pumpkin spice because a lot of pumpkin beers 
And uh, you should be an expert on this topic as well after the uh, the pumpkin beer uh, festivals we've done at your... Listen, getting hammered on pumpkin beer does not make me an expert on the subject. Well, it means it that about three quarters on, of the way through I can't taste anything. <laughs> yeah, it should make you an expert on what pumpkin beers have pumpkin in them or not and what language they put on those boxes to lie to okay, you. Okay, that's fair. Because just because you had 40 of them in your house at the time, you should have gotten the gist of it, you know what I mean? That's true. That was 40 pounds ago, Al. Um, <laughs> that was, Congratulations, man. That was a... What? Congratulations. Oh, thank you kindly. <laughs> that, no, that a, a lot of pumpkin beers, though, they'll say it'll be like something, something, pumpkin... Like pumpkin flavored right. beer, or like, or it'll just know, say pumpkin spiced. Yeah, or it'll be like a uh, pumpkin pie beer, but it doesn't actually right. have, and then it just has pumpkin pie spice, which this, is fine. Yeah, this one goes out of its way though. It's like yeah, the way they do it is to trick you into thinking it has pumpkin. Those beers can taste good and they're fine. It's just sure. like I, sometimes they almost falsely advertise. Right. Yeah. This one's this one's got got right up there with pumpkin and with pumpkin pie spice. <laughs> Yeah, so as long as they do stuff like that, I'm good with it. Appreciate However they want to do it, as long as they're telling you out out front that you, have to, you don't have to, like, forget your magnifying glass to find it. Um, go Be easy over there. This, this is a strong beer. It's 8.5%. But it's it's so good. Here's the thing. I want an air freshener made out of the scent. <laughs> That's how good well, it, it smells. No, it smells delightful. <laughs> Wonderful. So I don't know if you can see um, what I'm drinking out of. I'm drinking it out of a stout mug. Nice. Um, it is the hold, hold that up. Hold that up to the camera for me. A little higher. A little higher. A little higher. Okay. Nice. Nice. There it is. I've been missing the Al's Ales lately. We're gonna have to get back on that. The Al's Ales mug, and the reason I'm drinking it out of the Al's Ales mug is because we're not too far away from having new Al's Ales. Oh yeah. <laughs> what are we doing it? Uh oh no, I brewed one yesterday. Yes. Yes. So uh, it sh- it won't be ready for. The Christmas episode. Okay. But it will be ready for Christmas. Oh, sweet. Okay. Um. Yeah, actually, I didn't, I didn't take. A, I didn't look at what the exact date will be, but it'll be ready the week of Christmas. Nice. Um. It is a porter. Um. It'll be about mm, a little short of five percent alcohol by volume. It's. Not going to be quite as pitch black as this beer, but pretty close. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Can I shine a light through it? No. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It didn't seem like it, but I also had it in much larger quantities, sure. like five plus gallons of it, so um, hard to judge that. <laughs> uh, but I'm pretty excited about it, because uh, I've been um, not unlike an exiled warrior in disgrace, shaming myself. I- I've basically been Luke Skywalker. Shaking myself and isolating myself from the beer-making world. It's just we do need to do like a a Photoshop of that scene where it's you under the hood and I'm handing you a beer. (laughs) Oh, that that should be our new uh, our new logo. We'll do it perfect. I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll take some hot sauce. I'll rub it in my eyes so it looks like I'm just on the verge of tears with bloodshot eyes, and um, it'll be perfect. It'll be beautiful. That'll be the. uh, That'll be our episode. That, that could be our. That could be the Flix and the Six Christmas card. I like it. I like it. What a uh, what what makes an imperial stout? Um, for one, the alcohol content. Okay. Um, it's hard. To, it's, I mean, I'm sure that that's kind of been lost in translate. Well, so if, if you want to talk about the original original 
the Imperial Stout, where the, that name came from, was it was literally British beer that was stout that was brewed for the Russian Imperial Court. Mm. I forget which uh, Russian czar was a huge fan. I want to say it was Peter, but I could be wrong. Um, Peter the Great. He was a huge fan of British beer. And so he contracted, a spe- I think, a specific brewery back in the, the time, whenever that was, 200 years ago, 300 years ago, whenever the hell it was. Uh, mm. But I'm, I'm a little hazy on my Russian history. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, he, he, he had done, as a, as a younger man, he had come to England for schooling and stuff like that. All, you know, all those monarchs, when they're young men and women, they go to other countries for schooling, and that's how they kept the ties. Between this. So he contracted a brewery to make him... British beer and shipped the British beer to him because he loved it so much from his time spent there. And that was how the style of imperial style, that style of beer was what was made by the British brewers for the imperial court in Russia. Very cool. Uh, so this is basically in that style of beer that he desired because he was an alcoholic and loved alcohol. So these beers have high alcohol contents, etc., etc., and so on. Nice. I, uh, I'm going to touch on the, on the, uh, the bottle art here for a second. We have this really, this really sweet looking jack o' lantern with a with a wizard's hat on. Yeah, which is great. It's like he's wearing the sorting hat over here. It's beautiful. Um, well, you know, actually, what it reminded me of is um is actually from Fantasia. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's what, it's got like the stars and the moons on it. Like right. uh, the uh, then we have this the the label itself is like a really I, I when I picked it up I didn't realize because um I I can have an issue with colors here and there but when I picked this up. I didn't realize how the majority of the label is like a deep, deep, dark purple color. Do you have colorblindness issues? I don't think I've ever... Um, no. No, not colorblindness, but I, I have issues. And <laughs> um, but it's it's That's really cool. Weird. It's like this really dark purple with like these little black stars on it. It's just it's just really nice. It's very everything about the label is very subtle, but it's really nice. But then there's I turned it to the side and I read on the top right it says vintage 2017, and then <laughs> underneath that it says brewed and bottled by Southern Tier Brewing Company, Lakewood, New York, USA. Why the hell not? Yeah, <laughs> I love that. That's great. So after all that effort, I went to go and get the box. There is no new information on there. So. Um... That's all you're getting from this. We did it. This beer talk. What? We did it. Yeah, we did it. Um, the beer is delicious. It's strong. It is. If you so, enjoy the beers, if 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 you're familiar with Kingsman, yes. Harry takes his final sip of Guinness and he makes it look so delicious. <laughs> and this is what I imagine that tasted like to him. <laughs> does that does that help you? Does that describe it well for you? The, the sweet nectar of the gods. Right. This is so good. Yeah, it's so good that at an undetermined point where it seems like you're going to be talking for a while, you're going to look in the camera and you're going to see I'm not there. It's because I'm sneaking away to get my other, the last one that I have. Nice. It's better than sneaking. drinking out of the giant jug of beer that you pulled out last week. There is no evidence that that happened. I know. <laughs> if only I recorded the show. What? If only I recorded the show, the video of the show, <laughs> that is. Um, <laughs> You were listening who weren't listening last week or were confused because I definitely tried to skate by it. Um, I wanted to drink more beer than just the beer that we had for last episode, and I had leftover beer in a gallon growler, and I didn't tell Anthony that I had that in arm's reach. <laughs> and after I finished drinking my beer, I just grabbed I didn't want to use the same glass because like I had an IPA in the growler and I had that chocolate stout in the, the glass, and so 
I just grabbed the entire growler and was, I tipped it up with two hands and was drinking it. And I did it like two times before Anthony said anything. <laughs> but, I mean, it and, might as well have been a jug with like the X's on it. Like you just looked like Budo. It was, it was yeah. ridiculous. And also, like, I was, like, super cramped, and, like, I also, like, I didn't want to say anything, but I also wanted to make sure that there was a 100% chance you'd see it in the camera. <laughs> and the angle that it was at, I had to, like, crouch down and, like, tilt it up with two hands awesome. to, like, not spill it. <laughs> so stupid. Um, <laughs> so, big news. Big news here. Okay. The Avengers trailer drops. Tomorrow, so you're not going to yes, hear about it from us for another like two weeks because we're recording a week ahead. A little inside. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> um, we we didn't release an episode last week. We apologize. Um, it was half ready. <laughs> no, no, no. When they're listening to this, we won't have listened. We won't have released an episode two weeks ago. Wow. Yeah. Because last enough. week's right. We can't apologize be... for it because we're in that episode because that episode's done and I've already done the editing on that. <laughs> Yes, but we kind of semi forgot, and also it was Thanksgiving, turkey, and and, what, and whatnot. So. Yeah. Um. So I I know this is not this is not new news, super news, super newsy. Uh, <laughs> this beer is good. Uh, <laughs> the uh, so the MCU. Uh, there's the, there was a statement. That something's gonna happen in the uh, in in the new Avengers movie that has not been done in one of these superhero movies before, and that is it's going to be a finale, and and that everything before that 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 was the statement. It's gonna be a finale. Yes. Infinity Wars Part One or Part Two? Uh, that wasn't clear to me in what I read. And I, I and that's that's not really what's uh, I'm not even I I don't care about that fact right now I cause like just I don't want to know too the thing is I'm trying to stay a little bit away from it I don't want I don't want to have anything kind of ruined for me I want I try to go in fresh I'm actually I'm excited for the trailer but after this trailer I'm not gonna look anymore like it well, you, you realize that this movie's still not gonna come out for like almost another year right mm-hmm. I do but you know how I am with trailers and how frustrated I've been a little lately so I, I want to try and. There's plenty anyway. of time for them to rewrite and reshoot and re-edit and change all the posters for the... Oh, wait, no, sorry. This is Marvel, not DC. Oh, Get all that. <laughs> <laughs> That's messed up, but totally accurate. Uh, <laughs> so... Yeah, so it's like every, there's going to be like everything before either this movie or these two movies and everything after it. Um, there's, you know, there's, there's tons of rumors out there, things going around, like... The reality stone could be used to just basically reset the universe, things like this, which which is interesting concept. Um, how do you feel about that? Well, if they do that thing, then this will stop being comic book movies, and it'll be comic books at that point. Yeah. Um, which I don't love per se, because the whole point of putting this on screen is to get the spirit of that, but do it as movies, not as just comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, two... Uh, it's a good thing they're doing that because you can already see they've rewritten Flash 18 times in DC because they're going to do Flashpoint and they're going to use that to try and erase the shit we've been watching for the last three years. Um, so good on uh, the Avengers, I guess, for doing it first yeah. and really sticking it to DC. Literally doing everything right first. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I don't want a hard reset because you know that some of these characters are going to go by the wayside because it's launched 
the careers of some of these actors and actresses to right. new new heights and and some of them have just gotten tired. You can kind of hear it from the way they're talking about it, and it's mm-hmm. not super cost effective as this budgets keep going up and up. And Robert Downey Jr. is going to get paid like a hundred million dollars to do Infinity War Part Two, like so. It's not sustainable, <laughs> and also he doesn't want to do that movie for the next thirty years. Right. So Robert Downey's probably going to exit at some point. Chris Evans is going to exit. You know, someone like Chris Hemsworth will probably want to stick around, mm-hmm. and there's room for that character to stick around. But we've kind of gotten the full arc or we will have gotten the full arc of characters like Captain America and Iron Man by the time those two movies come out, you know? Yeah. I am. I, the, that statement makes me (laughs) really excited for this. I'm, I, I, it's cool if it ends, like if there's an ending and and it's cool if they do it in a way that it still works for them where they can make more movies and you know, it's basically a new age of this stuff. Well, you know, it's going to be an ellipses, not just a hard. Right. You know what I mean? Like it'll be uh, to be continued. It'll just be in a new but similar form, you know? Because uh-huh. we're going to get... I mean, like, think about it. We got Ant-Man, so that's new. He's going to be someone who takes the mantle up. We're getting... We still haven't gotten Captain Marvel yet. She's still getting an origin in, what, 2019? Right. Like, her movie takes place 20 years ago. Yeah, and like, she's part of the new age of these of this. She's part series. of Phase 4, I guess. This is yeah, a little bit. Something like that. I don't remember how they... Um, you have an, an Ant-Man and a Captain Marvel, and you have um, someone like Falcon, who you see they want, I think, to push into bigger roles, although I don't know how much longer Anthony Mackie will be interested in doing this. You have Doctor Strange, who's just last year had his first movie, although, I mean, better Cumberbatch seems cool, and he seems to be enjoying all this stuff, and seems to be enjoying, enjoying being part of these like genre things. Like, mm-hmm. So maybe he will want to stick around for a while, but he's become a pretty big star. They probably got him a little too late, you know? Right. Well, it depends on how you look at it, right? I'm I'm happy with the way that they've been doing this. No, no, I don't mean it in that sense. I just mean, like, there's a timeline of getting a Doctor Strange made sure. and choosing him. I think he was the right choice. I think he did a good job with the character, but he's a little later on the arc of his career. He's already a bona fide star in his own right without this movie, as opposed to a lot of the other actors and actresses kind of moving from either not known at all to known pretty well or that guy you know who's in a few things to a pretty well-known household name he was already kind of a star on his own right it's really like the first one of these who's gotten that robert Downey jr is a different thing because this was part of his redemption tour you know yeah yeah you're right i i you know what though whatever whatever they do i'm excited i i want to see how it goes i i trust them well, that's what it is. Whatever they want to do, I'm potentially excited for it because I trust them because they've gotten so few things wrong. Right. You know, there's been one or two movies that weren't great, like an Iron Man 2 or something like that, which is still better than anything other than Wonder Woman that DC's done. So yeah. here's, 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 here's an ending that I can give you that anything that they do will be almost as good as. Uh, so what's, what's good, this, imagine this, right? The the first the first one of this two part Avengers, uh, movie series mini series whatever you want to do, the the first of two parts is it's the closing scene, right? And what we get is that flash forward that uh, was it that Iron the Thor had or Iron Man uh, or Iron Man had I forget who what it was the Iron Man vision from Ultron where he sees everyone dead everybody's dead right yeah who's alive in that anyone um. Captain 
America was on the brink of death. He's the one okay. who says to him, "You could have done more," or something like that. Perfect. So, uh, it's it's all it's all everything's a mess, right? Everything's everything's done, and you see this reality stone, right? And then he, Captain America, reaches out and grabs it, and that and boom. And so it's the Omega Thirteen. And, and and yeah, it's the Omega, but it's not gonna go back like ten seconds. It's gonna, <laughs> but no, but it gets better. So it, the scene goes black. You know, everybody's thrilled, excited. Okay, because they did they did something earlier on in the movie that makes you understand what the, what the power of this thing and what they're gonna do with it. Awesome. Now, credits roll. We gotta we gotta we don't get a post credit scene like in the middle of the credits. It's it's very very much after you know screen goes black again. All the credits have rolled, and it pans back in, and. He's got the stone in his hand, and he turns to the left, and there's Batman. And he goes, you need this more than I do. <laughs> and, and they just, like, the whole thing is just a punctuation mark on the end of it, and it's just, that's it. <laughs> they, they, just, they just, they're done. Marvel's done. <laughs> they're like, they're, there's a mic drop. <laughs> it's like, we did so good, you're never going to beat us. See ya. <laughs> the ultimate mic drop? Good luck. <laughs> By the way, for those of you who got the Omega-13 reference, you can still be our friends. We love you. Oh the God. rest of you, get the fuck out of here. It turned inside out. And then it exploded. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wait, did you say inside out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to... Uh... We're going to give you time to guess what that movie is, and then we're going to do it on a future episode. <laughs> we can do that as a filler episode. Yeah. I've seen that movie about 400 times. Yeah, same. That movie is way better than it has any right to be. Oh, yeah. No, that's 100% <laughs> one of the ones that, like, when you see it coming out, it's like, that looks stupid. And then you kind of begrudgingly see it at some point, and right. it's like, oh, wow, this movie is hysterical. Somewhat because it's hysterical, and somewhat because it's so bad it's good. I just, uh, it's made its way into my everyday vocabulary, and it shouldn't, like, quotes from that. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, basically, what we were getting at here, though, is that if anybody, I mean, it, cool. If they're, they're going to reset, they're going to do it right, and it's going to be great. But if anybody's in need of a reset, it's the DCEU. And yep. they have they have a lot of outs. Like, you just mentioned the Flashpoint thing. If they use that, fuck, great. Do it. Yeah. Just stop with this nonsense that's happening right now and give me back. And even though it will be the long term answer, if we don't get at least like ten minutes of Negan as Batman in a Flashpoint movie, I'm gonna be upset. Is that what you want? Yeah, for like ten minutes. Yeah, why not? Okay. I mean, that's part of the Flashpoint thing. I'm I am not an expert on DC in any way, shape, or form, but I even I know that in the Flashpoint thing, Thomas Wayne becomes Batman. And Martha Wayne, Martha, becomes, Martha. <laughs> becomes the Joker. So, yeah, if we could get... First of all, um, if for anyone who's listening, if you haven't seen the show Chuck, um, but if you're a Walking Dead fan and you haven't seen Chuck and you're not aware of the fact that Maggie, whose name is an actress Lauren I'm, Cohen. in real life, I'm forgetting. Lauren Cohen. Um, she does a few episodes where she's just a straight-up hardcore Russian villain. It's phenomenal. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> That's great. So, uh, yeah, I could see her being Joker for... She's come a long way from the farm. Jesus. <laughs> All right. She's actually pretty badass now, too. <laughs> yeah. No, but she's like... Like, the, the most angry that you've ever seen her on the show times 10. Nice. Like, she's vicious. Awesome. 
I, I still have to check that show out. You mentioned it before. I've, yeah, I, I've not forgotten. I will the thing that. is, I, I, I think you and Kim would both enjoy the show. Okay. So it's like it would be the perfect thing because it's something you could both watch. You Got know it. I mean? So it's on you if we don't. Perfect. Well, I mean, um, have I ever steered you wrong on that sort of recommendation? Hmm. Cloud Atlas, Scott Pilgrim. Okay, not, not. I feel like I feel like there was a movie that you gave me that I wasn't thrilled about. Which is, you know, that's that's an unfair bar. Thrill <laughs> is an unfair, but you've done so good. <laughs> you know, um, the highs have to outmatch the lows. I will say, if it, you gave me that comic book, and God, <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> That's different matter entirely. I didn't, <laughs> you were interested in it, so I gave it to you. Oh, no, I know. But... It didn't come with the obvious seal of approval. It, it's... It, uh, it, uh, didn't it? I mean, I enjoyed it, but I didn't yeah. say... That's true. You would specifically enjoy That's it. Fair. That's, That's fair. That's fair. I have, to, I, I have the second one over here that I, I have no intention of opening that I need to give back to you. Yeah, which I've asked you that because I know you had no intention. I've asked you that a whole bunch of times, and you're like, "No, no, I'll get, I'll get to it eventually." No, no, I said, I think I said originally that I didn't want it, but you like pushed it on me. I feel like that's how. I think that's what happened. Maybe it's been years. <laughs> I gave that to you when you were still in the apartment, so it's been a while. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're actually uh, we celebrated a year in this house uh, the other week, so. Was it that, I know it was like around yeah. this time, kind we, of, so I don't remember. We closed on the house bef- le- right before last Thanksgiving, and we moved in. We, we closed a week before Thanksgiving last year, and we moved in the Saturday after. Nice. So, here's to that. Cheers. Cheers. While I drink this delicious beverage, <laughs> I might go upstairs to get a second one, which is... <laughs> So, uh, oh, you know, we should just leave, like, open air time while we both do that. Because that's not a fuck you to the fans. We should get, like, a little, just some elevator music just to play in the background. <laughs> Please hold. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, just movie trailers. How brilliant would that be? What nice. a great way to... Ah, oh, I love it. Especially if it was, like, a movie trailer for what we're going to do next. Like, if we didn't tell what we're going to do next, it's like, Ooh. we're going to walk away right now. You figure out what we're doing for next week's episode. Right. I like it. I dig it. Um... But moving on from this topic that we rambled on, which mm. I actually liked, it was it was, yeah. it was like it was like something we would do if we were just on the phone, yeah. or like when I was just hanging out with you, like I just it. chatting about. We're, we're on episode thirty, and we've finally gotten to where we wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like fully, like we we've had periods of that, but now we're at the point where yeah. there is no audience; it's just you and me talking. Right. Um. So uh, I didn't have a news item per se, but um, I finished watching The Punisher last week. Ooh, how was really that? Really good. Yeah? Oh, I'm excited to watch that. I gotta go through the Defenders first. These things, really good show. Yeah? Okay. I'm excited. Especially, like, if anyone who's, like, watched all the Netflix, like, Marvel shows, if you haven't gotten to sit down and watch it yet, and you weren't necessarily a huge fan of Iron Fist or the Defenders, because both of those were run by Scott Buck and he sucks. um, Boom! Shots fired. Yeah, I'll, I'll shoot that shot every fucking Is day. Defenders not good? You're This is really disappointing to me. I didn't watch it. Yeah, it's, it's just fine. It's just not nearly as good as either season of Daredevil. Oh, my. It's not nearly as good as Jessica Jones. Um, Luke Cage isn't as good as those two shows, but it's still good, and it's... 
The first not, half of Luke Cage. It's just different. <laughs> it's fun. Like, it's just like a fun thing, but it's not great. And Scott Buck, I think, is finally leaving Marvel Netflix. Luke, so. Luke Cage was good because it was a transition, right? It's like these. It was Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, yeah. half of Luke That's Cage, tough. and in the middle of Luke Cage, we transitioned <laughs> to crap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, yeah, if you want to take it as two half seasons, yeah, the, the first half of Luke Cage is nearly on par with Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Yes. The second half may actually be worse than the best parts of Iron Fist. That's probably fair. That, oh, I know that's not what we're reviewing right now, but that, that, oh, the, the villain in the second half of that is just no bueno. Just that no, was some, no. that was some rough acting. Yeah. But. We, the positive in all of this is that the Punisher is absolutely lives up to the first two shows, yes. Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Yes, that's and what I want. I'm so excited. It's more grounded too because there's no one with superpowers in this one. Awesome, I dig it. Like the, the the closest to a superpower is just that Frank is unwilling to die. You know what I mean? Nice. Like, and also to make it quote unquote, it's funny. They like. You have that unrealistic thing where, like, the good guy never gets shot or he, like, only ever gets, like, winged on, like, his, like, kind of. And, like, he's like, oh, it's just a scratch. I'll clean that up and I'll be good in, like, two hours. Frank gets shot, like, actually shot and, like, to the brink of death a bunch. Nice. Like, he gets shot probably 18 times over the course of the season. (laughs) Uh, So then it actually starts to swing back to the point where, like, you were almost dead twice in the span of a month. How are you still doing this? Right. (laughs) That's... Oh man, he's like super vengeance. That's his. Uh, <laughs> that's his power. No, it's, it's really good. It's really good show, though. Awesome. I'm excited. I yeah, I really want to get into that. I do have to finish Defenders. Oh, actually, I have to start it. <laughs> then I have to finish it. I did. Okay, it was okay. It was fine. Yeah, it was. It, it, it's it, exactly. It was. <laughs> it was fine. Um, but the standard for this stuff is 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 higher than that. <laughs> Yeah, so the guy who ran that and ran the Defenders, who I'm pretty sure is gone now, finally, is Scott Buck. And he's the guy who also presided over uh, the downturn in Dexter at the end of that show. Um, so I don't like him. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's another show that I haven't watched that I kind of want to. You should. I love that show. Yeah, Kim Kim watched it. She she said she'd watch it again. So we'll probably end up seeing that at some point. Oh, did she watch all of it? I feel like yeah. I remember talking to her about it, but I couldn't remember... Because there was a couple of people I talked to who were like, oh, I watched a little bit of the first season, and then I wanted to keep watching it, but I was going to watch it with my significant other, and yeah. I didn't get back to it, and this and that. And like, oh, I've always wanted to, and I've got around to it. I know I talked about it with Kim, but I couldn't remember it. I didn't actually watch it. You guys didn't finish talking about it because I was in the room. That probably That's also made some well. yeah, um, Shall we get into our movie for the week? One thing before that. Oh, yes. There was a moment where I was sitting down, and I don't remember if we talked about this on air at all, but I know you and I have definitely talked about this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the reason I don't remember if it was on air is because I don't remember when, when we were talking about it. It could have been last year. Um, there I have no concept where, of time. <laughs> yes. No, it's just like it's been a, it's been a, it's been a year. A lot yeah. of things happened in 365 sure. days, you know? Um, so there was a moment where I was sitting down and watching this movie, and it's the first time that Dame Judi Dench comes on screen. And yep. I remembered, oh, yeah, that's right. That's what they were. What are you? You're creeping me out with that nod. And I think I know where you're going with this. Go for it. <laughs> oh, if I remembered that they did those, that Josh Gad and Daisy yep. Ridley did those exactly. videos. I have that note written down. <laughs> yeah, I completely forgot 
that that was where that those old videos came for, and the fact that episode eight's in a couple of weeks, and we were just talking about how excited we are to see it twice in like eight hours, mm-hmm. and that we will be recording a video, probably somewhat delirious from lack of sleep and excitement. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, those videos were really fun. I love that that Judy Dench got up to do that with Josh Gad to just so fuck awesome. With <laughs> yeah, those are those are great. We'll link them in the in the post for this again, just so that you can see them. But oh my god, that was so funny. When I I made like I had the same thing happen while I was watching it. I was like, oh, I was like, because I, I love Josh Gad. And well, as we're getting into it, this is Murder on the Orient Express. Here we go. Um, I love Josh Gad. <laughs> so as soon as he's on screen, I'm just excited for him to make me laugh because that's just who he is. He's so funny, but he you know he played some he played a decent serious role for the majority of this. He he there was some comical lines, but that's just his delivery, and it's great. But just he, in general, I'll say this movie surprised me and how many like funny little like jabs and nods and winks and like funny random lines there were. Yeah. I saved a couple that we'll have to talk about. I'm sure you probably have a couple that you want to talk about that just like I laughed at pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, no, de- definitely we'll get into some we'll get into them uh, when we get into the spoilery territory. But uh, I I love like I said I love Josh Gad and when I saw him I, like they do this the whole scene wherever they're walking onto the train and, like I'm I'm realizing the characters that are in this movie I'm like wait a minute <laughs> and then I had that like that this oh this is what they were filming <laughs> yeah and, like I knew that's what they were filming but it was just that's what I'm saying like it was more than six months oh, ago. oh yeah it was a while so ago. so I forgot that this was what they were like that this was the one that was that they were doing that on the on the set of that movie yeah yeah that was cool. There's a fun little, uh, they got me excited while I was watching it. Um, this movie, I, I liked it. I didn't, I didn't love it. It's not like, it's not by any means a fantastic movie. Um, no, but I, I, I very much enjoyed it. I will watch it again. Right. See it on this, and this, and like, it's, I would go like, this is an okay movie. It's a good, it's an okay to good movie. And that's okay. <laughs> like, the, yeah. like we talked about this before, but you, you need some of these. Yeah, well, that was what we talked about a few episodes ago with The Foreigner, right? Where I made the point about the middle class movie. Right. Um, this is there this for me. E- what? This is there for me. Oh, maybe it's a little, a little bit on the higher side, but it's I would there. say a little bit higher because it's a bigger budget. It's a big cast. Yeah. Um, it definitely but, has way more replayability. Yes. Um, that goes into the whole nature of the mystery because there's definitely things sure. that having seen it one time... I would like to go back and see it again, knowing everything, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, but it's just kind of fun, you know what I mean? Because even though it gets quite serious, it's about a serious topic, it's about a murder, and it's not an all-out comedy, it's not a buddy cop movie, there's enough humor to make it lighthearted. Like, it was paced well, right, where you got some serious, some lighthearted, some funny, some gritty, there's some blood, there's some laughs, there's, you know, mm-hmm. all these sorts of things. And there's even some discussions on classism and racism and all that sort of stuff done in a way that's not super preachy but also right. gets to kind of the heart of it even though it's a movie that's taking place in like 1934 and it's a remake and we'll talk about that too actually it's a remake of a movie made based on a book right you know in like, Are, were you familiar with the source material going in uh i knew that it existed before this movie was announced as being made as a movie and a book, but and I knew the gist of what it was about, but I had never seen the original, nor had I read the book. Gotcha. I knew about them. I didn't know the gist because I never looked into it, and I kind of liked it that way. Um, and I'm glad I didn't because we're gonna we'll, we'll, when we get into the spoiler territory, I'm going to tell you that I figured everything out early on. Um, uh, I figured out 
parts of it. I didn't understand or embrace the right. extent of it. Okay, very fair. I'll, I'll say that that's equal <laughs> on that. But it was the movie. It's it's very the story is very much driven by dialogue, and it's yes. I love so that. that. Like that's a, I love movies like that. This is why I love Kevin Smith movies. You know the funny thing is is I, he wasn't tied to this movie at all, but uh, at times almost played kind of Sorkin-esque to me. Mm-hmm. The way that some of the exchanges and dialogue went. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. But that's, I, I love that. That's, that. that is one of my oh, yeah, favorite. No, that's, 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 that's a genre of movie. That's, I love that. <laughs> yeah. But I was, I was happy to see that. And I was, it's just, and you also have like, there's, there's a, there's, there's one reason to hire a, uh, a, a giant ensemble cast of A-list actors. Um, that is to get people to go to your movie. Yep. And then there's another reason, which I feel is the reason here. Maybe it's a little bit of both, but you get a more genuine exchange of dialogue there. That's part of it, because you know everyone's kind of bringing their A-game. Um, but also, it's in the nature of this sort of movie in which there's 15 people who are nearly equal in their importance, you know what I mean? Yeah, which is A lot cool. of movies you have like three or four people who are really important, and then a bunch of other people who go on screen with them sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of Hercule Poirot, the Poirot, whatever, the, the main yeah. character, um, you know, he's number one, and then two through 15 are all nearly equal in their importance yeah, to the story. Yeah, for sure, it, it, which is a really cool thing. And, like, I, uh, touching again and on... You still, on uh, you still get a blend, too, right? There's yeah. a bunch of really famous actors and actresses, and then a bunch of people who aren't famous, but probably will be become famous because... They did a really good job in this, and that's going to get them exposure. Sure, and like, what's cool about it though, like, uh, you have this ensemble cast, you have you have a lot of, of big names, and there's uh, the dialogue depends heavily on chemistry between these characters, and yes. I feel like you can make immediate like I'm sure like every one of these people in some way or another looks up to one of the others, so I feel like it creates that like it's it's not it's 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 real chemistry like from beforehand it's i could be wrong here like i have well, no idea i mean so like exhibit a in that is something we just discussed a couple minutes ago <laughs> right. the fact that josh gad got judy dench to try and leverage daisy ridley is amazing proof of what you're talking about it, right and i really i do i really feel that that helps but yeah. I, I hope that that's the case for the majority of them even though i don't think the three of them ever had a serious conversation on the movie no, but I do like it could definitely help behind the scenes, which is definitely no. That's sure. A, you see some of that stuff with like something like when you talk about huge cast, like uh, on The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. like what's the name? Um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan and I can't remember. I can't. Norman Reedus seem to be really good friends. Yeah, even though they don't spend a ton of time on screen together. Right. Because Norman Reedus has that other show on AMC where he does shit with motorcycles. And Jeffrey Dean Morgan is on that show with him now. Yeah. And you it's see all cool. sorts of that sort of thing. Like, you know, you always see with those like that show when an important character gets killed off, you see everyone, you know, getting like behind it, this and that, and like getting, you know, how upset it was and how much you see pictures of them on, like, you know, behind the scenes together. It's like, did you even share a scene in the last eight episodes? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> uh, it's the same thing with this. Like, the three of them in that in this movie. I don't know if there ever was a seriously meaningful exchange between those specifically three characters, yeah. but that sort of thing is funny. Like they're all on set together, they're all in shots together, they're all in the room together. But I don't think any of them ever really exchanged more than a word or two with each other. Right. That's it's it's cool. I, I want to 
I, I'd love to know more about things like that. <laughs> well, something I noticed, um, you know, we can talk about, um, well, let's, let, I guess let's move into the spoilers just so we don't have to worry about, even though this, what I was going to bring up wasn't um, spoiler, but it just could kind of get there maybe just as we're talking about it. Okay. Spo- uh, spoiler veil has been lifted. Doing that rambling thing we do. Yeah, so full spoilers from here. Oh, sorry. We both rather enjoyed the movie. It was a pleasant experience. Yeah. Go see the movie. It was yeah. fun. Yeah. Agreed. Full spoilers. So I was as I was checking out the cast list earlier, because that's the thing we do with this sort of movie, and we're going to have to go pretty deep into that because there's like like I said, fifteen characters that matter. Um so Kenneth Branagh directed this movie as well. I don't know if you saw that. Uh huh. He was both the main character and the director of this movie. Yep. Um, so a bunch of the people that we didn't really know seem to have worked with him in some sort of like theater type role. Okay. I noticed a couple of people I clicked on the names and was like, oh, I don't know that person. Has he ever been in anything I've ever seen? Or she ever been in anything that I've ever seen? Um, who did I notice it with? Uh, no, I forget. I, I know I saw it in like two or three of them. Ah, uh, her. <laughs> who? The the one who was the uh, was she supposed to be Iranian or something? Or Russian? I don't even remember. No, nope, I got it wrong too. Never mind. There was some sort of thing. It was like Kenneth Branagh Theater Company thing or something like that. Like he directs a whole bunch of shit, and I don't know if it was something specifically on Broadway or uh, or like on in theater or if it was a theater role that they turned into a movie or a TV movie. On screen, you know what I mean? Right. And there was like three or four people I saw listed on it, and I can't find any of them now, which is really undermining the point I was trying to make. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Thanks a lot, Internet. <laughs> yeah, so well, good talking you. about that. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. But uh, yeah, so that's what you're talking about is that behind the scenes chemistry, and, you know, the fact that they worked with him would make the, that sort of relationship work on screen, I think. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's very fair. Um, one of the things that I noticed from the from the outside of the movie is that uh, I I was amused a good chunk of the time. Like it, there are funny things even when scenes are not meant to be funny. Like just it, it's just it's kind of it, it's gripping in that way. It's it's entertaining. I, that, I guess that's the best word for it overall. Um, and it opens up, and I started to get like I started to understand like the the tone of the movie from what they're what they're going through in the, in the opening scenes and the comedy that they're they're putting forth in some of those scenes and as we get on to as we get into the mystery I'm like oh I know why I like this this is this is clue I, I love clue <laughs> I have the exact same thought this movie does have a lot of parallels to the way that you experience the clue the movie right and um which also by the way since we're we're in the full spoilers here I made that parallel fairly early in the movie, and that should have helped me realize that all of them were involved. Right. Um, because I did figure out rather early that it was definitely more than one person. Yeah. I just didn't realize it was all the passengers and also the valet guy. Like, you're like, oh, like the, the, the conductor, the second conductor or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, he was part of the crew of the train. You know right. what I mean? Oh my god! Yeah, so uh, uh, well, that's that's what I was saying earlier. I figured that part out very. I mean, I had an idea of what was going to happen. I knew someone was going to get killed. Um, I, well, again, again, murder. right? 
again, I didn't know. I, I didn't know the original story. I never read it or watched the the other movie. Um, well, going in about all I knew was that there was a famous detective on the train. Someone gets murdered. They have to figure out who did the murdering, and it's this whole big thing, and it's you know, this whole big cast of characters, and everyone's lying, and this and that. That was the extent of what I knew. Right, and, and I, when I say I figured it out, it's like I had a hunch based on two major pieces that happened um, that got me to um, to realize what and which ends up being right. It's not nearly enough evidence to prove that this was definitely going to be the case, <laughs> like he proves later on. But uh, what it was for me was. The, the two scenes are one, which is the one that like sold it for me, was when they tell you about how many um, stabs and the different depths and like how it was very sporadic. Yes, that was also for me when they said this one went all the way through and this one was very weak. It was like, okay, so this is going to be multiple people stabbed. Him, right. You know I mean? So I was like, in that, event, in that scene, I was like, that was at the point where I was like, they all did it. Like everybody was involved. And here's... See, I didn't see it then, but if I had counted how many people there were, I just lost track of how many fucking people were on screen. Right. If I had counted and realized, oh, there's 12 or 14 people total, you know, there's 12 people on screen, oh, all of them did it, you know what I mean? I thought it was going to be like three or four people, you know what Yeah, I mean? well, and here's the thing, though, and you might, I don't know if this is something that you picked up on or you'll pick up on it the second time you watch it, but earlier on when they're putting the detective on the train and the guy's insisting that he get on the train, he's not, a guy taking orders that wouldn't really care that much. He's, if you look at him, he's genuinely nervous. And he know like, it. It's like it seems like oh, there's a like he doesn't want him on the train. I don't feel like it's just because he's a detective. It feels like there's like, the way that everybody's set up is important. So like that that was part of it that tied into the stabbing that made me realize that it was probably everyone. I guess I didn't think of it that way because I've seen enough movies and just real life when you see that sort of exclusive high end thing. Sure. When every I is not dotted and every T is not crossed. People like that conductor usually end up feeling the pain. Right, that's fair. So it, 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 that that played as more or less true to me. You know what I mean? Right, that's fair. But that that but was that, I could see what you mean. You yeah. know what I mean? And, but it was funny though. It's like so. And at that moment, it was, it was that moment where he said like however many times the person has been stabbed, and like you know he's explaining it like the different depths and like it's very sporadic. I was like, oh, this isn't Clue. It's 13 Dead End Drive. And I don't know if you remember that game. But basically... Uh, I remember that it existed, but I don't think I Yeah, basically, all your all the characters are around the table with the people that you're playing, and you're able to move different... I don't remember how exact, the exact mechanics of it, but basically your goal is to kill people before the detective gets to the door. And it's just like, they all killed people. This is 13 Dead End Drive. <laughs> and, <laughs> but um, it, 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 was very, it was very fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was a fun movie, even though it gets quite serious at times. And also, I thought that not just like you were saying, like there's a mixture of the two, but specifically there was a cadence at times to how it went, where it was like things got quite serious, and then someone delivers a dry, witty line, right? And that's almost like our pause, and it's like a physical pause, and we refresh, we kind of let the tension out, and there we go, or vice versa, where things are witty and funny and this and that, and it's like, oh, no, we just found that, like, someone just got stabbed in the back or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. It's like a weird, uh, if you were to take, like, a, you have you have Clue that's on a one end of the spectrum <laughs> that is wildly goofy and meant to be hysterical. You have yeah. a movie like, and this doesn't have, like, a murder mystery aspect to it, but um, Grand Budapest Hotel, which is just this whimsical... And you know, I forgot to put that 
down here, but it's funny you mentioned that because that was actually a note I had when I was watching this. Uh-huh. Um, not Grand Budapest specifically, um, and actually it's something slightly different. This movie, the like visually, looked the way that a Wes Anderson movie would look if it wasn't ridiculous, if it looked <laughs> like real life. That's fair. You know what I mean? Like If you took Grand Budapest and it didn't look like a little dollhouse, it looked like someone who built a real house that looked like a dollhouse, that's what this movie looked like. That's fair. Uh, I have to. I would have to watch it again and really pay attention to the scenes. That could be. That could be something deeper. Um, you know how he does a lot of Wes Anderson does a lot of the symmetrical shots, um, yeah. and the whole. There's probably uh, there's probably something there with the symmetry and how the main character is obsessed with balance. There's probably something within the scenes that relates to that, which could lead to you feeling that way about the the way it's shot. Well, no, for me more it was the visual style than that. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, because Grand Budapest, I, I, Grand Budapest, I guess, would have taken place in basically the same time period. Right. So so what I was saying, the Grand Budapest Hotel, like, that's that's also very funny, but also there's time, there's there's a very dark tone under the whole movie. And yeah, this... Yeah, it's, it's that idea of, like, kind of the intermixing and the cadence to when we switch from one to the other. Right, and then this is the this is the left side of that. So like you have like this meter, and it's like this movie, Grand Budapest Hotel, Clue, <laughs> and you have like this nice mixture that gets you to fully funny, like to mostly funny and to mostly serious. But like, it, 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 it's it's just interesting to me. Also, both movies had Willem Dafoe playing a German. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> How great is that man? I love that man. <laughs> yeah, he's good. Willem Dafoe is the best. Just stop with the lies. Well, <laughs> just too much. That was actually pretty funny. How did you figure it out? You mispronounced Turin. Oh, yeah. that's a fucking ridiculous thing. That, see, that, I love that. Like, those those things are really funny. No, it was great. It was just so absurd. Yeah. It's great. It's, a, there's a, it's almost, that reminds me of the scene in, um, in Inglorious Bastards when he, when he gives himself away by doing... The American three, instead of the German three, with the with his fingers. I never saw that whole movie. Oh my god, I love that movie. <laughs> we should do something on that at some point. I know a lot of people love that movie. I just never gotten around to seeing the whole thing. I still okay. like the first two or three chapters of the movie. I think we're gonna have to watch that one together and do the episode right after, and have a beer at each chapter during the movie, so that we're drunk during the recording. Wow, we still haven't watched Interstellar together. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> uh, oh my god, this is for the future. This is going back, though, sorry, to um, the, the whole thing about figuring it out. Um, you said your two things were the conductor and the 12 stabbings, and the 12 stabbings is the same for me, but another thing that was a, a piece that I figured out, it was in favor of both multiple and also the idea of the ringleader is when um, Michelle Pfeiffer, who's got like three different names in this movie, um, <laughs> when she has the knife in her back, yeah, I was like, okay, this is a pretty big clue that A, is going to be more than one person involved, and B, she's the one who's dictating this all. Yeah. Because just like it was just so perfectly stabbed in her, right. and in a way that it wasn't going to hurt her, and if you looked at it, it was at an angle where either someone did it to carefully do it, or she did it to herself. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, someone who gets stabbed in the back doesn't 
the, the, the knife was like sticking up out of like the way that like a quiver of arrows does for like an archer. All right, and if the same person did it, it wouldn't have been one. It would have been eighteen. <laughs> she would have been dead. Um, I gotta say, uh, it was unfortunate. I had to run to the bathroom at one point during the movie. Um, which I hate. I just absolutely hate that having to do that. But uh, the 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 soda got to me. I was really enjoying my popcorn and soda, and it got to me, and I had to go. But it was, I knew the scene coming up was the, the scene from the trailer where he's going to the cart to tell everybody what happened. So I timed it, timed it well. I'm like my own pee break. It's great. I, like, I know when to go. Um, so I, I ran out and I came back. I will say what I missed while I was gone was who had died. Which is pretty important and something that I want to talk about for a couple different reasons. Sure. Um, I... Unless I didn't see all the trailers or I misremembered seeing the trailers, I didn't realize that Johnny Depp was going to be the one who got killed. Yeah. It wasn't clear to me. I didn't know that either. And it, it, only, it didn't take long when I got back for me to realize what was happening. But um, it, it was funny because there was a second where I was like, okay, someone's dead. But who? <laughs> yeah. Again, this goes to the whole thing with like not being able to put two and two together to realize that there was 12 people, 12 stabs. Yeah, because there's so many people on screen that you lose track of how many people are on screen. Right, uh, you even, couldn't figure out that Johnny Depp was the one who was missing. It also takes a minute while they're going to starting to question people for me to realize like how they entered the train and who was with who. Like it, I didn't realize like I, I I didn't realize Josh Gad was with Johnny Depp at the first. Like it was that part was confusing to me for a second. And no, then, it, then it became what clear. What confused me was I knew that he was, but I didn't realize that the old guy was also. I thought the old guy was and not Josh Gad. So I, if we were to see the movie together, we would have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was, yeah. That, and then we, but then we started getting into these interrogations, which I love that. Wait, hang on a second. I'm going to stick with Johnny Depp for okay, two yeah, seconds. Okay, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Because um, I, well, for one... This is a credit to the trailer, unless I'm misremembering or I missed one of the trailers. I'm glad that I didn't know who was going to die ahead of time. Yeah. Um, I actually, I thought it was going to be someone who didn't matter. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. there was kind of a big deal that Johnny Depp was in it. He got a decent amount of screen time in the trailer. Not so much so that I felt betrayed that he was the one killed. Sure. But I figured he was going to be an important, especially when you like you could tell from the trailer he was clearly playing some sort of mobster. Yeah. So you figured like it was going to look pretty obviously like he was the one because he's got not just potentially the motive but the ability to carry it out. Whereas like the 90-year-old Judy Dench or however old she is, like, you know, would seem less likely to have carried it out. Right. <laughs> um, but more to this point is as I was watching him on screen – I realize this is the first time in a long time that Johnny Depp hasn't played someone super annoying on screen. Like, he was actually acting instead of just being Johnny Depp. That's fair. Like, that I didn't want him to go away, that when he was killed, maybe it was for the best, because maybe we wouldn't get to the point where it's like, okay, now you're Johnny Depp and you're annoying me. Um, So maybe (laughs) it was the perfect time we got just enough of him, but... I actually was like, you know what? That's possible. Yeah. This is inoffensive to me. Like, I don't feel like you're just being Johnny Depp. You're being an actor. Right, you're being this mobster. Um, now, admittedly, I didn't see Black Mass. I heard that movie was good. I want to see that. Um, but that's the only thing I think that maybe he might have been in. Because before that, the last time I could think of him being something that's not just him was um, 
fuck is that name of the movie where he plays John Billinger? Um, oh. I can't think of the name of the movie. Mo- was it Most Wanted? What was the name of that thing? I, 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 don't I, know, I know what you're talking about. Public I Enemy? Public Enemy. Like, Public Enemy. That's a good movie. And yeah. he was good in that movie, and he was acting, not Johnny Depp. Right. Right. Um, the last thing that I saw him in was Yoga Hosers. Pride. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, he's in it. <laughs> I'll probably never see the movie. Oh, my God. It's so stupid. I love it. <laughs> you uh, I, I would. He's in that, and he is also in Tusk. He plays the same character. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. and it's. I didn't realize he was in either of those. It's great. Actually, uh, I might have known that he was in Tusk. I have to I have to find a clip for you from uh, Kevin Smith's one of his uh, his stand up Q and A's or whatever. Um, Wait, is he the one who does that? Is he the doctor? What? No, no, he, he doesn't. He doesn't do. He doesn't make the walrus. Oh, okay. He's he's basically the detective. Ah. And when I say basically, I don't know why I use that word. He's the detective. <laughs> 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 he's a little washed up, but he's the detective. Um, yeah. But he's he's really funny, and the I, I'll have to find it. If I do, I'll, I'll try to share it on one of these uh, on one of the posts if I could get it for this episode. But um, Kevin Smith does a whole a whole thing about him, like working with him on the on it. And it's just it's it's very heartwarming, and it's it's very funny. Uh, but he's a weird guy. Yeah, he's, he's been doing weird shit. Like his, I won't begin to comment on his life in the last few years because mm-hmm. it's one of those he said she said. Yeah, I, yeah. Probably they're probably both wrong. I don't know, but I don't know, man. Yeah. I used to like him in general, and he's gone so far off the rails that it was. It's funny. This is a movie about a train. Uh, he's gone so yeah, far but... off the rails <laughs> that it was nice to see him being an actor. Point one, Al. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, with, he is in one of my favorite scenes of the movie. Which is the scene with him and the and the detective sitting at the table sharing the cake? Okay. What? It just I love it. It was a good scene because this guy's a he's just a scumbag and you know it, right? But the detective knows it too, but he also he's not he's not weighed down by like that. I kind of have to. Um, I I can't always say what I mean. He he doesn't he doesn't care about that. He's got he does that filter's not there. Like it's yeah. I, it's like a I I don't like you, kind of <laughs> kind of thing. Which is and it's just the delivery of that of that whole scene is beautiful. And he's just like, can I have the curly bit on the top? And he and he eats it. And he's like, I know what I like. <laughs> and it just it's just so funny to me. And I love it's because like you you just want to be able to be like that sometimes. <laughs> that scene is one of those ones that kind of like highlights that whole idea of it being. Like Sorkin esque, like yeah. some of the exchanges between the two of them are in For that sure. kind of fast-paced, like point counterpoint. Like, I mean, so it's a little bit more than Sorkin often does, but mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, just like like when he he puts the gun on the table, wrapped with a napkin over it. And well, so the funny thing is that that kind of developed rather slowly because I saw him doing something on the table. I was like, is he going to do that cliche thing where he pulls a gun on someone and he's hiding it not well? And, like, it keeps going on, and then he's clearly doing that thing. Right. And I was like, why did that setup that set take so long? <laughs> yeah. Hey, but it, with just the delivery, though, the it was like a, he served the ball by putting the, by putting the gun on the table. And he, he, the detective just spikes it right back at him. And he's just like, it's basically like, this is why I'm not going to help you. 
Like, in so in so many words. Well, the best part about it is he does it so casually. He goes, "Are you pointing a gun at me under that?" He goes, "No, no, I don't have a gun under that." And then he like lifts the thing and he yeah. goes, "That's a gun you're pointing at me." And he just pushes it away. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean, though. He just like he just disarms the situation, like with just very casually. Like it, it was, I loved it. Well, not just that, but like, okay, this is a guy who clearly, well, he doesn't know at the moment that he is the murderer. Of mm. the baby, which mm-hmm. that's all sorts of fucked up for a movie yeah. that gets quite lighthearted at times. Oh my god! Also... When you find that out, I'm like, go stab him a few more times. God damn! Yeah, right. <laughs> Someone shoot him but too. <laughs> the fact that this movie all like hinged on the kidnap and ultimate murder of like was she like three years old? Like I, like, I don't even know. Like yeah. Ugh. But uh, brutal. The, he clearly knows he's a bad dude. The person who's capable of murder, whether or not he knows he's a murderer. The fact that he's pointing a gun at him and clearly going through some lengths to hide the fact that he's pointing a gun at him, that he literally just picks up the gun and just turns it 90 degrees so the barrel is no longer facing him. Like, I don't care how confident you are, like, that's a whole nother level. Right. Oh, my God. That's, it's awesome. I it just It's so entertaining to watch. It's just because, like, they're, they're these just really fun characters. Yeah, and that was kind of, like, one of my notes. Like, there's just so many characters, and... Enough of them, I mean, you don't, some of them get short shrift enough that, like, you, like, there's almost enough, like, Marquez, I think that was the name, right? Like, everyone kept pointing to, it's either the black guy or the Hispanic guy. Oh, right, right. And it's like, but Dr. Arbuthnot, who we're going to struggle with all night, um, uh, (laughs) he got a lot of screen time and is like, okay, cool. And then uh, Marquez got very little screen time and it's like... I don't actually know what's going on with that dude, but everyone seems to really want to point the finger at him because he's not white, I guess, um, right. if for no other reason than that. But, I mean, I guess a couple of these characters did, like, him uh, kind of got a little bit... Like, even Willem Dafoe didn't get... He got one big scene, but outside of that, didn't get to do much, right? Right. No, you're right. He's a, Yeah, he's on He's on screen. It feels like he's on screen twice. It's a, it's a I few, mean, it's a few more times than that. But... With a black guy. Right. And then there's the big reveal that he's not actually an Austrian doctor and that he's actually a New York cop. <laughs> right. That, which was, again, which was a great scene and a lot of fun. Yeah. It's, also, it's funny. the guy who was the, um, the valet, the old guy with the... Yeah. Did you recognize him? Uh, I did. I... I, he looked familiar to me, but I couldn't tell you why. Um, I was like, I know this guy, but I must have known him from something a while back, and like his age has changed his face to the point that I, that's why I can't recognize him. What's um, his name? He, in real life? Yeah. Derek Jacoby? Um, what really I knew from once I looked him up was like, oh shit, yeah, that's definitely him. Was He was like the senator that was like the most important senator in Gladiator. Oh, when they're doing okay. their overthrow thing, yeah, that like, that makes sense. Yeah, because he was twenty years younger and he had facial hair in that movie. Right. You know what I mean? Oh wow! Wow. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> I was like, I hundred percent know. I know this guy. I just can't figure out why. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. The oh man, that's awesome. I I love that when you I was like I was trying to remember who the doctor was. And uh, you probably didn't watch it, but I watched the show Smash with Kim, and no, he was in that. He's and he was pretty awesome in that. 
He did seem familiar. I actually thought at first that he might have been um, the guy from that movie. The fuck is that movie? The Liam Neeson movie that was taken in, on the airplane. Taken on the airplane? The like movie that was taken, but it took place on an airplane. <laughs> I don't know what. what Nonstop. That was. That's what it was called. Nonstop. It was. I oh, oh my God! You're right. <laughs> I forgot about that movie. I tried to. I. I tried to forget, and it worked until you brought it back up. But yeah, like there's so yeah, it's taken on an airplane. There's taken, and we're getting taken on a train pretty soon. Yep. Oh my god, it's too much. It's too much. I actually like Nonstop. It was a solid movie. There's somebody else in that movie. There's a bunch of people that, in that I'm. That I'm. Who was in that? It was somebody from like some TV show. Corey Stoll. Um. It was the guy. He was one like the uh, a senator or something on House of Cards. Yeah, that's him. That's him. He was an Ant Man. Yes. Oh, okay. Still. Yeah. That that's not. That, that was like, when I saw him and that I was like, hey, it's that guy. It's that, it's that one guy. <laughs> that one guy. <laughs> Julian Moore and there was yeah. um, Lupita Nyong'o playing. Like I didn't even realize it was fucking her, even though she was already famous at that point. She just playing one of the stewardesses. Right. Huh. I forgot about that movie. Back to the murder. Um, but anyway, yeah, sorry. I thought Doctor Arbuth now was the the one of the two guys from Nonstop, but it's not him. Uh, there's there's two scenes that that cracked me up. That actually there's three that I that I'm remembering right now. Um, the one, the mustache guard scene. What yes, the, I had that as a note. What in the hell was that? I literally was like, is he wearing a hairnet for his mustache? It's not even a net. It's like this rubberized cap that's like made to be the exact shape and size of his mustache yes the fact that it was custom made to accommodate the multiple tears and swirls to his mustache right which his mustache was phenomenal excellent mustache it's not (laughs) something i would want on my face but i i just wish that i was capable of having something 10 percent of that right and then i keep the mustache and it's nothing compared to that so and and then this is what you get like there's there is no reason for that scene other than a little chuckle. Yes. Right, and there's another. Well, like him, him giggling at Charles Dickens. Yes, that's I have that right here. Ho ho ho, Mr. Dickens. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? That that cracked me up too. And and right after that, we get the other scene that cracked me up when he fall. Like everybody's like the the train derails, and he his head just slides out from the room sideways. Yes, like, like the, the oh. camera is like 15 degrees off kilter, like clearly showing that we've had a derailment of the train, which is offsetting, but it's like, okay, like I get it, like that's kind of a cool device, and there's someone who's fallen down and stuff's falling out of the stuff, and there's a guy who's bracing himself because he's off balance, because the train is off balance, right. and then you have him sliding out, and he's just laying on his chest on the floor, oh turning his head and looking to talk to someone, acting like nothing's really happened. That yeah, was too funny. I love that. It's so so silly, and like the other when he's laying in bed, and they bring him his uh, his breakfast, and he has the he measures the eggs with his finger, and he's like really really excited that they're the same yes. size. Yes, <laughs> it was weird because they, they kind of did one of those things where it was like we don't have to say anything about it; we'll just show you that he doesn't let it hold him back. The fact that like, he's clearly got some sort of crazy OCD, like yeah, like when I say crazy, I mean like it is so acute his yeah. OCD, like. In the opening sequence, or the second sequence of the movie, he literally steps in a pile of shit. And is not upset that he stepped in shit, he was upset that he only stepped in it with one foot. Right. So he removes the one the foot. The balance. 
so that he can put the other foot in the shit and be balanced. Yeah. The, and and that I like that. It, that's one of those things they, they could have done, and this happens in movies a lot, where they'll do something like that, and then they'll do another scene or two, but it'll just go by the wayside. It doesn't go by the wayside. It lasts throughout the entire film, which is great. Um, and then it's it's a re, uh, the same scene is recapped from the beginning, and the, it's mirrored in the beginning and the end when he has the guy fix his tie, and it's just... Mwah. <laughs> yes, I really, I really appreciated that. It's just like, for, it's like for God's sake, fix your tie. <laughs> <laughs> if we're gonna think of like funny lines and funny situations, like from like Hercule Poirot, not Hercules, right? Because she says to him, "Oh, you're Hercules Poirot." And Multiple goes, people say that to him, and he goes, "No, no, I don't slay lions." <laughs> 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 And that I cracked up at. That's a good one. Yeah, I, I will say, as much as I appreciate it, I did find him hard to understand a bunch of times throughout the movie, which is fine. That's, that's, that's uh, I generally had a bunch my hearing. I, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, but it, it's literally, honestly, it's it's most likely a me thing. <laughs> so I, I can struggle with accents sometimes too, um, but I, thankfully, I didn't really have much of a problem with him. Yeah, true. There's a couple of times where I was like, I didn't get it, and then like it just took me a second to like have the wheels turn, and then like I ended up getting it, um, because there was a couple of times, and it was great because there's even like one of those, like another line that I, I jotted down when I was watching it was, it was a, one of those ones where I was talking about where it's like you get a moment of levity just to break us out of being something super serious, where they've accosted um, McQueen and they think that he did the murder, they have the motive and the opportunity. And he's yelling at him about the ledger, and he goes, "The ledger, it's full of, oh, it's full of, it's full of what? What is, what is the word?" And he says something to him in French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, uh, "Fudge, it is full of fudge." Yeah. <laughs> what is it? The chocolate with? <laughs> fudge. Yeah, it is full of fudge. <laughs> and that, actually, it's funny that you bring that up because that, that that was that was really funny. And there's a handful of those. It's just, I, and I can't I can't remember the specific lines, but there's a handful of things that are. So it's it's getting over the top and it's you you're just made to laugh right after it like it, it's it's too much and then it's funny. <laughs> this is really it's handled really well. But it's full of the fudge. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was great. I liked him in this movie. Uh, the funny thing is, for the longest time, I didn't know who Kenneth Branagh was until I realized who he was, and I was like. I've known this guy forever. Oh, yeah. He was, was Gilderoy Lockhart in the second Harry Potter movie. I hated him in that movie. Yeah. But, I mean, mostly I hated the character, and I guess to a certain extent he did a good job portraying him. But for probably ten years, that's the only thing I ever saw him in. And right. I saw that movie a whole bunch of times, and I was like, I can't stand that guy. He's actually a really good actor. What else was he in recently? Um, Favorite of ours? Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. No, he wasn't that. <laughs> he was in Dunkirk. That's right. He had a great line in that too. That was the the line when um, the army colonel comes up to him yes. and says, "I thought the the tide comes out like four times or whatever." And he goes, "I guess it's a good thing that I'm the the admiral or whatever." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing you're in the army and I'm in the navy. Yeah. Oh man, he, That's but right. he's good. I like I like him. I want to see him in more. He was also. Um, uh, what he oh, he was in? I think he was in Wild Wild West. Like, um, let me look this up. Yeah, he's the bad guy. Yeah. Yes. And and what, it is him. Thing is, 
What? That, that is him? Yeah, that's him. Okay. So for the, the, for the longest time, I didn't realize that was him. Yeah. I... Uh, like, I saw that movie before it came out before the second Harry Potter. I saw it before. Never realized that was him. Never realized it was the same human being. I like that movie a lot. It is a horrible movie that I love. Yeah, okay. That is... That's it right it's there. It's so bad that it's bad, but I can look past the bad because it's hysterical at times. It is. It's real. It's not so bad that it's good. It is horrific. I, I, but I am entertained by it. Yes. No, I am entertained by it. Sometimes because I'm laughing at it. What was his name in that? Is it like, Loveless. 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 Yeah. <laughs> that was great. I have to watch that again. Um. But. So, but if you want to also look at him for, well, for one, I guess he's such a ridiculous, over-the-top, campy, like, caricature of a person in that, um, but he looks like he's having fun doing it. Um, the other thing I've seen him in, in since I realized who Kenneth Branagh is in the last couple of years, um, he's done a ton of Shakespeare. Okay. And I saw a clip, it was during, like, when I was in an English class in college, I saw a clip of him doing the Hamlet to be or not to be scene. Yeah. He is a legitimately good actor. Yeah, I'd like to go back and watch some stuff from his catalog. Yeah, and he's, he's a in, director. He was in a lot of... I, I'm, I'm looking him up now. He was in a lot of uh, a lot of Shakespeare. Yeah, that's what I was... He's done, like, a, like all of the, the big Shakespeare plays. Yeah. Like, in, like, movies or TV movies or whatever, or like, in England. I would check those out. He was also he's also directed a bunch of things now too because I think he directed I think he directed the Jack Ryan movie I think he directed one or two of the Thor movies what yes the first and or second Thor he directed the first one yeah you're right wow I did not know that that's awesome let's see what he's Cinderella, Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit, Macbeth, Thor, Sleuth, The Magic Flute, As You Like It, Listening, Love's Labor's Lost, Hamlet, A Midwinter's Tale, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. He directed Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Interesting. <clears throat> Much Ado About Nothing. This is, this, this is the thing. Uh, Kenneth, uh, Branagh Theater Live, The Winter's Tale. That uh-huh. was the thing that all of those people were in. Oh, okay. uh, Judy, Judy Dench was in it. Um, he's in it. The guy who played Book is in it. Nice. Uh, um, the one, the the woman who played uh, Sonia Armstrong is in it. Very cool. Um, someone else, some other guy who plays a random character in Oregon Express is in it as well. Hmm. Book, that guy. What was he in other than this? I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like I looked at it earlier and didn't like come up with anything, but he's definitely been in other things. Yeah, right? I feel like I, I recognize him. I just don't know from what. But I enjoyed it. Um, I liked that. So, you know, it, the murder, cool. It's figuring out the murder is obviously, you know, a portion of it. I really I love... Surprised. I was surprised how long it took them to get to the murder. Yeah. I never felt like it dragged. Actually, that's the nice thing about this movie. It's two hours long. Never felt like it dragged. It's two. Wow. No, I did not. I honestly, if you asked me how long it was, I would not have guessed two hours. It might be just a hair under two. That's no. You're right though. It doesn't. The pacing. The pacing's fine throughout the whole movie. Very good, actually, for a movie yeah. length. 
Yeah, well done. Um, I like I like the interrogations and like learning each character and it unveiling like their relation to the killer and the mo- and the, like the clear motive for each of them. Not just that, but what made this unique and what made Hercule Poirot unique is that a lot of times when you see those montage of interrogations in movies like this, it's just the same thing over and over and over again with different lines and different characters. He took a specifically different tact with each person. Right. Which played into him as a character and also what played into making this more interesting than the obligatory montage of interrogations. Yeah. And even more, there was almost, it's not quite fourth ball, wall breaking, but basically is, is when Debenham says to him, ah, you've taken me out yeah. of the cold, did her and the, the you know, like trying that. to get something different from each of us. Like, it was almost like a chess game at that I point. I see like, what you cool. did there. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, no, that was, that was really cool. What did you think? Um, I hope I'm not jumping too far ahead of for you on this, but at the, in the in the scene where they're all in like the the train tunnel, yeah, the scene where she points the gun at him and then pulls it to her face, I thought that was really well done. Yeah, like he's not gonna let this happen. He's smarter. Well, than I that. was. I actually. The funny thing is, I almost thought he did because of his whole thing of I don't know how to judge, so I'm going to let you. Because he's been so sincere about so many other things that I actually bought that he would be sincere there. I literally can't do this, and we've gotten the whole, um, like, I always forget which one's Riggs and which one's Murtaugh, which is funny, in in, uh, Lethal Weapon, but that whole, uh, I'm getting too old for this shit, like, that was kind of the vibe we've been getting this whole time. Yeah. You know, that whole, if this is how it has to end... This mystery has been the one that's been the hardest for me to unravel. That's a point where literally he's basically saying a prayer to, to, to try and figure out how to go forward with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, also, I'd love to know the backstory of his the his long his lost love. You know what I mean? Yeah. The fact that they gave some story there, but didn't actually tell us what happened. Like usually, you get some sort of closure on that. Yeah, it's I I kind of like that we didn't. I guess well, I guess that makes it relatively unique, but. Not that we have to get the whole story, but just something. You know what I mean? Like, it was an odd kind of open thread. Although, I guess that, that plays into the fact that this very much sets up a sequel, of which there was sequels of both book and movie. Um, right. There's Death on, Death on the Nile, and there's another one after that, too, I think. Which I am excited to see, uh, provided they go forward with it. And this, do, this. this does well enough that they do it. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I think, you know, it'll be interesting because they'll probably do the same thing, but with now a new, entirely new cast of characters, right? I don't think anyone else is really going to carry over. Right. And that's in the nature of how intricately woven this web of lies was, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. Oh, see, I just want to, I do, I do want another one. Right? I so want... that's a good thing, right? The fact that you, like would be potentially excited to see a sequel means, you know, it was it was quite enjoyable. Yeah, and I, I really, really, I will, I, part of me was like, oh, i like to follow up and read the books, and but I'm like, I actually kind of want to, I want to sit back on this, and I want to not know what's going to happen when I watch it. Yeah, and actually, it's funny, uh, well, I guess you could probably go back and read the first one, right, to read the book sure. version of this. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. I, I, I will actually, I, I kind of want to do that. But this is kind of, I, I would like to read it and see how I feel about it. So here's what I've talked about this before, I think, on the show. But, like, I have this 
this theory that it's not the it it's not always that the book is better than the movie. For me, I believe it's the first time you experience a good story that is the best time for you. There's definitely something to that, yeah. Um, and I'm curious, like if, but I, it, it's hard. It's hard. You can't. You'll you'll never actually know because you can't yeah, experience yeah. both first, and the you can't take somebody me, else's opinion because it's not yours. The outlier for me, the only well, maybe it's the exception that proves the rule is. Um, Game of Thrones. I saw the first season of Game of Thrones and then read the first book, and I actually I enjoy the book better than the show, even though I love the first season of the show. Interesting. Well, I also it also could just be the manner in which that I read. I I tried reading the first book and I just I wasn't getting into it. But that's the only time that that's ever happened. Interesting. Where the one that's first isn't the one. You right. Know what I'm that's what I'm it might be the exception that proves the rule. You know. Sure. Huh, interesting. Um, what else you got? Well, I don't know. If, was there anything more about the whole thing with the, the scene in the, the tunnel? Because I actually had a different thought about it. Um, is there anything more you want to talk about with that? Because I did feel like, I mean, I, not that I distracted from it, but there was I kind of had another thing I was thinking during it. Is, is there any more about that scene you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, so j- just the kind of the thought that, like, he's he's very good at what he does, right? So he know like, and he's not... Like the way that he's laying this out is like, if you need to get away with this, you have to kill me. According to him, he's the best. That that line he had was very full of himself. Right. If you tell a lie, there'll be two people who know your God and Hercule Poirot. Right. (laughs) Right. Which is awesome. But uh, what's interesting, what's funny, it's like he's he's tormented by how good he is, right? Because he, in a way, he wants. It's like, like you said, I'm too old for this. Like he's he wants out. But he can't kill himself because he's not that kind of person. He can't not do what he does because he is the best. So, and like they said that one line, the 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 Avenger of the Innocent. Yeah. So like the the thing is like the only way that this could happen is if someone if if someone releases him from like this burden that he has. But he's too good. Like I, there's a, I, there's a reason there's no bullet in the gun, and I don't think it's because he thinks someone's gonna do what they do. I think it's because he thinks they actually would would actually try to do it, and then he could he could put that person under arrest because this is the person. I don't even know about that actually. I think he wanted to. I no, you know what? Actually, I think it's something else entirely. Because what made this whole situation unique was he didn't know where to go next with this because he had said earlier in the movie the world is black and white, which often we hear it's not, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about shades of gray. And he says, there's right and there's wrong, there's black and there's white. And he said, this is the first time I've ever seen where I didn't know, not just immediately, but I've thought about it for how long, I don't know what's right and what's wrong. Uh, and, that, and that's funny, you, like he so says he that, wants- but it's almost as if he's his actions, though, are him in a robot mode. Like, I feel like it's very deliberate. He puts the gun down. There's no bullets in it. Like, I feel like this is to draw the person out even further. It is, but I don't think it was for the intent of, of arresting her per se. I think it was, I am so truly divided on this for the first time that I need you to decide for me. And he prefers it to her in the way that if you kill me, that will be your decision. Or if you don't. And I'll arrest you. But what it actually plays out to be is, it's since there is no bullet in the gun, he needs to see, is there contrition or not? Did you do this wantonly, or 
is this truly justified? And the fact that she yeah. screams, I will take all the blame, and then instead of shooting at him, she tries to end her own life and give the ultimate punishment to herself Right, is what finally tips the scale for him. Yes, I do think that the, that does tip the scale, and that is the reason why he... He gives up the the this this ghost that they gave up as like the, the person that kills him. Um, I do think the motive though behind I, I, it almost it, it feel it still feels to me that the motive behind putting the gun down there with no bullets in it is almost like he is so dist- like in my mind this is how I take it he's so distraught like he can't he can't do this but his body's like almost like he he's a machine and like his body like knows like. You know, I obviously can't let them kill me. Or if this is the case, this will this will lead to the person that is that is the wrongdoer here, and it puts it down. Even though that's really, really, like, he seems conflicted. Like this is not what he wants. He really, he, he really does genuinely seem to want out. You see that from the first scene with the with the tie. Yeah. It's it's it, he's tormented, that's, and I and he's clear about that for sure. But I I don't think that as much as at first I wondered whether that was the case because like I said I took everything he said at face value because sure. everything he had said has been what it seems. He hasn't done any double speak or anything like that. But ultimately looking at it once the scene is fully played out, I don't think that that's what it was. It was not an attempt to reveal her to be the murderer because he knew all the facts at this point. Mm-hmm. It was, this is the first time in a long time that he's had to learn something. Right. Something that he didn't know, Right. There's the discovery of details and facts, but they're all things he knows and understands. It's just finding his way to put those together. This is the first time in a long time, or maybe even ever in his adult life, where he has to actually learn something. And her revealing her nature allowed him to understand something new about human nature he didn't think that he had to learn. Right. That's cool. I really enjoyed this. I kind of want to watch it again right now. A dense movie, right? Because we yeah. talk about it, it's a shade under two hours, and you never feel like it drags because it's action packed, and not just with action, but it's packed with everything. Yeah. Uh, what was the uh, the other thing you want to chat about about in the tunnel? Oh uh, well, so it's funny because just the way it was arrayed, and there was this is not in any way a religious movie, but occasionally there was a bit here and there of a religious undertone, even with him something saying like your God versus, or me, are the only people who will ever know. When you consider the number of people who were guilty and the way he walks up to this and the fact that it almost potentially could have ended his death, right? And the way they're all arrayed facing him on that table, it's almost like a picture of The Last Supper. Yeah. I felt that while I was watching it, you know what I'm saying? Uh It reminded me of the way that the viewer looks at the picture of The Last Supper, the way he's approaching it, and that it literally could be that for one of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that's that's cool. I didn't I didn't I got that vibe from the layout. I didn't I didn't think of it in the way that you're that you're describing it though. That's kinda cool. Um Yeah. We we talked about this a little bit before the show, but there's a scene there in that tunnel where um Book? Is that what is that his name? Book. Book. Uh, he's where he's got he's got that gun in his hand, and it, I, I, it did have it did have me wondering what what's his role here because it, it he, there's a nervousness to the character 
Yes. And uh, we, we're told up front what the nervousness is. He like he's he's afraid of screwing up this this sweet sweet life that he has <laughs> that his dad has yeah, afforded him. Right. And uh, and that's and that is what that's why he's nervous. That's it. There's no, there's no second layer to this. <laughs> well, and it's actually kind of almost like a sleight of hand to the viewer because when you look at this mirrored at the way the movie opens with the detective being the one, you know, was the bait and switch, right, where you play the shell game, but the ball was never under any of the shells. It was in the dealer's hand the whole time. Right. Um, where you had the, the situation with the priest, the imam, and the rabbi. And I love that he says it sounds just like that old joke. Yeah. I love that he says That's that. That's great. That's so great. <laughs> um, but um, and it ends up being none of the accused. It's the detective. So this actually could have been the parallel to this point. We don't know the answer, right? So when he goes and addresses all of the accused, and you're saying that Book looks nervous, he's the only person at the very beginning of the investigation. He says, because you weren't in the cart, you can't be a suspect. Uh-huh. And it's almost a false supposition at that point, or it could be viewed as such. And as you said, as he approaches them and, and he's got a gun and he looks nervous, you're wondering whether he's realizing, is this where I get unveiled? You know what I mean? Right. Whereas in this case, other than Poirot, he's the only person who had nothing to do with it. Right. Ah. It's good. The, the movie's fun. The more I talk about it, the more I think about it, the, the more I, li- like, I like, I feel like if I was, if I had a, a number assigned to the movie for a rating, like, it would be going up as we speak about it. Because I, I really did enjoy it. And I, I've heard from other people that have watched it that they, like, there was dislike. And I read, I've read a bunch of reviews and I just, I, it, it doesn't resonate with me. And that's why I kind of, I love doing this with you because, like, we could talk about the movie how we feel about it. It's not like we, yeah. we don't have to take on, um, the, the Rotten Tomato score is not great, if I remember correctly. The, the box office is decent. Is it? The box office is pretty. Actually, I think I saw something that this was the the highest box office for for Fox this year. Oh, okay, that's good. Um, I think I could be wrong. I just saw a quick blurb. Um, but yeah, I know I agree. I saw like one and a half reviews, and they were kind of down. Like not that it was like a train wreck, but just that it was just like like what was the point of this movie? Like it was just eh. The fact that you said train wreck that. right now just makes me so mad at you. <laughs> I know, and I usually point it out when I do those things, and that time I was going to see if I could just let that one slip under the radar because it was totally unintentional. Just, that one stung. Totally unintentional. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you were going to let us slip That makes it worse, I, I think. I usually, I usually call myself out on those. <laughs> um, oh my God. Like what I said earlier, that his character went off the rails. Boo. <laughs> um, no, uh, this is a good movie. It's a good, yeah. solid movie. And like you said... I think it's because there is so many layers to this. Like that, it just like I said, it is such a dense movie. Hell, we haven't even talked about the whole plot and how it all unravels because there's no need. If you watch the movie, you got it, like, yeah. or you should. And it is like we could spend three hours talking about just the way that that all unravels, and that's not what's most interesting. The most interesting thing to talk about, maybe, just talking about like, oh, did you see this movie? Like, oh, it was so cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. I. But I don't think it was necessarily the most interesting thing to talk about in this format, per se. Right. Hell, something I was looking forward to talking about, and we haven't mentioned what was Daisy Ridley in this movie. So I was curious to see her in a role that's not Ray. Yeah. And she was good. Yeah, she was. She was great. I mean, I guess outside of um, Poirot and, and, and Book, she probably had the most lines. Uh, I would think 
so... Except for maybe Michelle Pfeiffer, just because at the beginning and end of her character being introduced, she had a whole bunch of lines. Yeah, it, it, even even so, you're right. She, cause she she was you know she was very vocal, but uh, yeah, you're right. She Daisy really had did have a lot of a lot of speaking time, especially compared to the rest of the characters. I there's one other set uh, I loved. I really enjoyed the characters of uh, uh, Judy Dench and her. Like, uh, is it her val? Like, what is that woman to her? It, it feels like a servant. Her bitch. Basically. Um, I like I liked th- their characters were interesting to me because like it was, uh, it, it just kind of reminded me of like I-, I don't know if you've seen uh, uh was it Gosford Park? No. But it, it's it just it it just had this cool like this this dynamic there like that of like that time frame and um and I liked the I love the scene where they're they're sitting in the room and he's you know he's uh, interrogating them and when he turns to her bitch. Uh, no, when he when he turns when he turns to the girls, he he starts speaking in what, what language was it? Was it German? German. She, he starts speaking to her in German, and there's just like you can see like there's such physical discomfort in the room from Judy Dench, and it's like it's so yeah. it's so well done. It's like it's out it's outrage, right? Because she it, and and you it kind of makes more sense as you go on, right? Because normally she would outrage probably be she yeah. Right. Normally, she'd be like yelling and screaming, like you can't do this in my, like you can't do this in front of me, like this is rude, and like and probably all the stuff, right? Because that's the character that she's playing. But it's yeah. it's a, it is fear because that she does have something to hide, and that's the reason why she's quiet. And that is such a cool scene to look back on, knowing where this all goes. Yeah, I love it. Love um, it. and also like the, the the woman who plays um her servant, I'll stop calling her her bitch. Um, her 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 servant, I guess. Um. I've seen her in a bunch of things, but because she was playing a German woman, at first I didn't realize. Like I was like, "Is that her or not?" Like she, um, she was in Hot Fuzz, and she was in the movie Lock, which is just the Tom Hardy vehicle. Um, <laughs> Tom, Tom Hardy in a vehicle as, as right. the Tom Hardy vehicle. Um, well, I guess she's only a voice in that movie, and also she was in um, that show I mentioned a few times, The Night Manager. She's a pretty important role in that. Um, she's played kind of a diverse roles and all of, all of those different things and i like her in general and i think she's a pretty good actress even though some of them are quite small roles that she was in right her role in hot fuzz where her job is to only speak in sexual innuendos <laughs> that to be hilarious. oh man watch that again i love that movie it's so stupid but yeah, anyway, the reason I brought up like just that, like characters we didn't talk about too much, um, I find the idea of Daisy Ridley and, and all of the Star Wars leads, the new Star Wars movies leads, interesting is because she's basically the equivalent of Mark Hamill and or Carrie Fisher right. at the time that they were cast in A New Hope, right, where she's young, she's never been in anything that mattered before. Um, does she become defined by that role, or is she able to break free? Right. Because Harrison Ford had his whole other career; it was very distinguished afterwards. And unlike some of her co-stars in the new Star Wars movies, I guess she's on the same plane as John Boyega. But uh, Oscar Isaac and Adam Driver are both established actors before right. they come into those roles, even right. though they're not necessarily household names per se. 
I guess Oscar Isaac maybe a little bit more. But uh, they they are known. They are people who've been like they've been defined by this their acting skill or just their ability to be cast in a different sort of role before this. So I'm curious to see where she goes. So this is just one chapter in what hopefully will be a longer book because I like her. Yeah, same. Same. So here's to you, and we hope to see you soon. <laughs> well, we will see you soon. <laughs> we hope to see you in other things as well. <laughs> yes. Uh, you got anything else? Um... No, I think that's it. Other than just a weird random note that I don't even have to be discussing per se, just like a one of those like did you know things. Um, Ridley Scott was a producer on this. Uh, yeah, I figured that when it opened with the Scott Free logo. Oh, uh, I didn't recognize that. I didn't notice that, but I saw it at the end um, because I feel like anytime he's attached to something, they like shove that down your throat. Hmm. Well, there's your gladiator role. Yeah, I guess so. Full Maybe. circle. Um, but also Simon, <laughs> Simon Kinberg as well. Yeah. He's a pretty well-known producer. Um, well, at least to the point that I recognize the name. He's right. the guy who's been involved with all like, the X-Men movies. Mm-hmm. Cool. But I just thought that was interesting. I didn't see anything about those guys beforehand. And that's something... That is true. I didn't, I didn't even have to see the names. I hadn't heard... Like, you, you're right. You, you usually know that going in. Like, that's like a... It's like, you yeah. know, presented by or brings you blah 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 you know yeah yeah Yeah, from the people who brought you this movie right exactly um and that's becoming the new thing right that's kind of uh this will be a kind of an interesting way i think to tie this up considering this ensemble cast with a whole bunch of famous people in it um the idea if you hear a lot people talking about in the last five or ten years kind of the death of the movie star um, we don't go watch movies for actors and actresses anymore. Not too often. There's only a handful of actors and actresses. I feel like you, like, you know, it used to be like, oh, do you want to see the new Schwarzenegger movie, right? Right. Um, who would you say that about now? I tried to say it about Jack Chan. God damn it! Jack Chan movie. Let me say, like, I'm going to see the new DiCaprio movie. Um. I'm going to see the new Will Ferrell movie. No. I mean, I've seen movies because of Tom Hardy. I'm going to see the new Tom Hardy. That was one of the names I was going to say. Um, who else we got? But those are that's like pretty much it. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. I, I will say... Now, now it's, I'm going to see the new Christopher Nolan movie. Right. Or I'm going to see the new Scorsese movie or the new whatever, right? And it's becoming that way to a certain extent with producers or production companies as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to see the new Kevin Smith movie. <laughs> Whether he was directing it or producing it or whatever, right? Yeah. Hell, you might have been saying, I'm going to go see the new Weinstein movie, right? The new Weinstein Court movie. Not anymore. <laughs> but something that, barring those sorts of things, that's something you would say, right? Yeah. No, for sure. Earlier, before we started recording, I said, oh, that's an A24 movie. Mm-hmm. And I saw it because I was watching... I saw a trailer for it because I saw another... A24 movie, like, that's something that I will say, like, hey, there's a new movie coming from A24, do you want to see it? Because I like the movies that those people those right. people, that production company is making, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, it's, that's that's an interesting observation, I like that. Cool. I feel like that's something that we'll need to check in on with each movie that we review. 
We'll have to make make note of the production company. Um, all right. Well, that's it for this week's Flicks in the Six. Tune in next week for Free Fire, assuming all goes well. And until next time, <laughs> cheers. <coughs>